I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Sebas, here we go. Go. So this week, I am going to try something different on my opening because the last few weeks have not exactly gone in our favor, kind of like the Republicans. So it's okay. We're going to keep things uh, positive, very positive on this podcast, Magic Johnson. And that's important <laughs> because, listen, that's very important because we have to avoid... At all costs to suck Monica Lewinsky. And you have to, and the reason you have to do that is because what you don't want to happen, the worst thing you can do is make a good thing bad, Bruce Jenner. And so let's really, let's really tonight cut through the bullshit, OJ Simpson, and get some fucking wins for the good guys. Let's go, Brandon. Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way y'all know the drill by now we will make you laugh (laughs) we will make you cringe holy santa claus shit but most of all baby we will make you a shit ton of money Woo! Woo! Love that money. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on a sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting hell. Choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Tour de Fall by New Belgium Brewery in Fort Collins, Colorado. Really good beer. Three out of five stars on my beer app. And Longhorn Fall is upon us. 
Mm-hmm. And Thanksgiving's right around the corner. And so, of course, we turn our attention to mm-hmm. that holiday. Sweet. And one of the most sacred traditions of that holiday is eating a disgusting turkey with people you care so little about. Mm. You see them twice a year at max if you're lucky. What's up, but, guys? But a lot of people wonder why we eat turkey for Thanksgiving. So being that I am the resident historian of FGH, I feel like it is my duty to tell our audience. Please do. Well, you see, boys and girls, back in those days, the most plentiful animal in New England was the turkey. In fact, it's estimated that were there were at least 10 of those buzzer-looking fat asses for every one settler in the area. And although those stuffy Puritan fucks had seen the Indians killing deer and buffalo and traded goods for the meat and knew how good it was, they also saw how much effort it was to kill those animals. <laughs> and since being lazy is literally the second oldest American tradition, yeah. you know, to incest and fucking 13-year-olds, which those two were tied for first back then, yeah. they were like, yeah... We ain't going to go through rubbing deer piss all over our faces and hang our old ladies' monthlies in the trees just to kill one deer when we can simply step outside and shoot one of these fat-ass birds that can't fly with our mm-hmm. c- cartoon wide-barrel muskets. Yeah. And so, boys and girls, yet another American holiday tradition was born out of our own comfort and privilege, seeking nature, and because that we all, and because of that, we all have to suffer through eating this terrible-ass, mongoloid-looking bird every goddamn year for some reason, and be thankful for it. I mean, of course we're thankful, and we and we we fed we filled our bellies without having to paint our stupid faces and dance around fire. So I mean, like we're, <laughs> we're fucking killing it. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, we're going to the podcast now. We're the good, the bad, and the are you fucking kidding me? Mm. We're going over every NFL win in the air tonight, and of course, of course, we were going to continue to get you paid on those free picks 2-0 again last week, as we always do. But right now, we got to get paid to do that. Here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by the Texas Fister. Have you been injured in a car wreck that involved an 18-wheeler? It was probably your dumbass fault for trying to cut in on an exit lane at the last second like a fucking asshole. Well, then you need to call me, Bill Cabinet, because I'm the Texas Fister, and I'll shove my fist so far up their ass, they're going to need a light band for their anal gland when I get done with them. But I'm not just limited to auto accidents. If your husband cheated on you with a fat chick down at the diner with the big tits, I'll fist them. They're going to need separate seats for both butt cheeks when I get done with them. If your Uncle Lester turned out to be the molester, I'll fist him. He's going to need a whole side of astroglide and spermicide for where I'm sending him. If your landlord wants fellatio for room and board, fist him. If your wife's tossing another man's dice, fist him. God damn it, if your mother gave all her shit to your brother, fist him. Just call me at 1-800-THE-FISTER and mention Cold Word Glory Hole to get 10% off your first butt cheek splitting conviction. That's Cold Word Glory Hole for 10% off to make someone's brown hole blue. One more time, 10% off your first balloon knot shot with Cold Word Glory Hole. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that uh Texas Fister, he's a hell of a guy. Oh, mm. Mr. Bill Cabinet, he's actually one of our favorite sponsors that we have uh, every <laughs> year. He just sounds like, you know, a real fucking go-getter slash kind of a piece of shit. Whatever. But uh, you know what? He's going after uh, all. He's, he's, he's here to fight for the little people, and that's what I like about him. 
Yeah, he's here to fight for the little people. I'm sure he is. You think that he's going to represent all those, like, Indians that we have as our mascots and all these sports teams? I don't <laughs> I doubt it. He ain't fighting for them. <laughs> there ain't no fucking money in that, baby. <laughs> and now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. Is bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? Alright, boys and girls, as always, we'll start with the good last week, and the good was eh, us on the pod. You know, both free picks hit again. Yeah. Uh, trend of the week hit. Big dick uh, on the charges you had hit. Danger zone you had on Green Bay hit. I mean, looking back, we were on the right side of most games. We told you not to bet the fucking Raiders. We told you. There was something wrong with that shit going on. Uh, we had a 3-2 and two in the Super Contest. <laughs> a lot of positive stuff out of last week. Uh, you know, we yeah. said we're going to look positive. We're looking positive. Yeah, we're staying positive on this podcast. We're, we're definitely doing that. Uh, but hey, so we got to, you know, the big dick is kind of like it's kind of like we stuck it halfway in because really the big dick is supposed <laughs> to it's supposed to win. So we we didn't bury all the way in there. We just kind of played with the tip a little bit. Well, look, baby, when your dick is big enough, you ain't got to stick it all yeah, the way in. That's you just all I'm give gonna say. That's right. And now we're gonna move on to the bad. The bad was everything else. Uh, I hit a te- I, I hit a teaser and then <laughs> fell a couple. Two gamers in college. Well, overall, we stunk. But we're moving on. Uh, yeah. We're moving Positive. on. Positive. And we're moving on to the are you fucking kidding me? Good luck. Oh, this week, so many choices. Let's see. Uh, we had two half-point losses, including South Florida going for two, down 18 with one minute left in the game. The extra point would have covered. This guy's an interim head coach. He said, nah, uh, fuck you, boosters. Fuck you, everybody. We're going to go for two. One minute left. Maybe we can score two more touchdowns and two more two-point conversions. <laughs> and, when of course, we, he didn't When we scored 16 points all game. Yeah, they didn't get it. Or we could go with USC running tempo inside of one minute and passing the ball to cover a 30-point spread. No, that's not the one. Uh, we can go with huge conference underdogs. Not scoring a touchdown. That never fucking happens. That never happens. No. We could go with the Jags, missing not one but two field goals. Nah, not that. We could go with Houston, getting motherfucked by two holding calls, taking mm. not one but two touchdowns off the board. One mm. would have tied the game. The second would have been the fucking backdoor cover. Nah, not that. This week, <laughs> we're going with Arizona State. We had plus eight. They're down 28 to nothing after the first half, so you're thinking... How the fuck could you be bitching about this? That's a valid question, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Except that Arizona State scored a touchdown, down 28 nothing. They went for two. No reason at all. They needed four <laughs> touchdowns no matter how you do the math. Uh, to win no matter what, or at least to tie no matter what. They didn't get it. And then they held Washington State to zero points in the second half, in which they scored three touchdowns. And they went, if they would have kicked Every extra point, we win. But they went for two on all three touchdowns. Now, if they just score one out of three, which is basically the college average, we push. 
If they score two out of three, we win. They missed all three, and we lose when they could have just kicked all three extra points, and we win. God damn it! Yeah, I think we actually, uh, the next day, tried to work, or the same night, I can't remember, it gets foggy when we're when we're drinking heavily, but like I think we tried to work out the math to like see if there was a way that reasoning for any of that, and no matter how you slice and dice it, like even O.J. Simpson can't come up, <laughs> can't chop this up into a way that makes sense to go for two every single fucking time. Yeah, while you were trying to work out that math, I was just ordering more shots because I knew it wasn't going to work. I did it earlier when I was sober. So I was like, fuck this. Fuck those Sun Devils. Just, ah, just fuck! Yeah, you're, so you're more of a you're more of a, a shot guy, not a knife guy like OJ. You're you're just you're just, you're just ready to get straight, get it over with. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's happening! Stay f***ing What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Longhorn, it is time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, and we are going to start this week down in New Holland. Those Saints, minus three and a half versus the Los Angeles. We don't have any more players. Fucking Rams. <laughs> yeah, um, I wonder. Um, I mean, yeah, there's some injuries. I wonder, is Stafford officially out, or is it kind of like we're thinking about it? Um this line, there's no—I mean, there's no way he's not out at this line. Yeah, and then on the other side, I'm hearing whispers about Jameis. I mean, you heard anything on that on that side? Haven't heard anything on that. I don't think that that in the marketplace, I don't think that matters at this point. I mean, yeah, it probably doesn't matter as far as numbers go. It, it might matter as far as like team morale, but who, it, it's hard to know that. Um, yeah, I don't really have much on this game. You know, like you said, injuries. Cup is out. Stafford's probably out. Um, you know, the Rams, their season's dead. So, and, and New Orleans, even though you would think their season's dead because they're three and seven, they're only two games back of first place in that shit fucking division. Um, so, I would say, you know, situationally, motivationally, I like the spot for New Orleans. Um, if it gets up. You know, if that I don't know which way that line's going, but at, at that three and a half you just said, I kind of like that four. I kind of like that. You start getting over four, I'm I'm probably out on that. Not I'm not necessarily going to bet the Rams, but uh, I think I like New Orleans in this situational spot up to four, and um, that would be a lean. But this this isn't a game I'm looking forward to playing. 
Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's not a game I look forward to playing because, again, this late in the year with this many injuries on one side, not on the quarterback. Again, I don't. I think what Jameis gives you is a bigger variance. So, which could be good, could be bad. If they were the dog, I'd love it if Jameis started because then you got the variance of, hey, he can go out there and score five touchdowns, you know. Mm-hmm. Being the favorite, I mean, he could definitely give you a boost. But let's be honest, man. I, Andy Dalton. He's not been great, but he's been Andy Dalton. He's not been the problem. Not really. Uh, He's not been terrible. He's just been Andy Dalton. He's been what he's always been. Right. So, at that, with Andy Dalton, I'm definitely not excited to play the Saints. If I get Jameis, at least then, I've got the possibility of more offense, some explosion, something something crazy happening, uh, something crazy good, something crazy bad. I mean, you take take the good with the bad with Jameis. That's just what you get. Um, The numbers, however, on this one are split. And then uh, the only trend I have on this one is definitely going the Rams' way. So since 2015, week 11 and on, uh, teams 30% or worse winning percentage versus team 40% or worse winning percentage. Um, three and six ATS, but the margin on that is 0.39. So that's a very sl- that's a very flimsy. I mean, I know it's broke the way of, of three and six, but they're also uh, three and six straight up. So they've lost, but they've lost basically right on the cover line and even covered by about half a point overall. So again, take that for what it's worth. Now, here's what I will say: in that trend, the over is six and three, and that's with an average total of 45. This total is at 39. So. It's been an average total of 45 in that situation, and it's went over 66% of the time. So you do have that going for you if you're looking at playing a number. 39, to me, that's pretty shallow. I mean, I know the Rams' offense looks like dog shit. They're not going to have cup or whatever, but again, if Jameis plays, you got some explosive opportunities there both ways going for the Saints. So I can't. I, there's no way I can play the under on this. The only way I can play it is an over, and that's a very rare thing for me in pros. Got a weird ticket cash split going here with the Rams getting almost sixty percent of the tickets, but New Orleans getting eighty percent of the cash. Really, a uh, just a really weird split there for for. I don't know. That's hard to figure, but whatever. I mean, the look ahead line was one. Um, the Rams was it plus? Sorry, scroll back. Plus one, now it's three and a half. Again, you could say, well, that's a hedging point to the Saints. That's fair oh, enough. Oh, that's going to be, you know what that is? That's, was, I don't know, was was there ever a possibility that Cup or Stafford could have played this week? And maybe the, maybe the cash came in um, heavy once it got ruled? I don't know. It's That's just a weird split. Well, Cup, I mean, Cup was obviously going to be out. As, as soon as he went down, you knew. I mean, I know, I know they said high ankle sprain, but they also said he's going to have surgery. And he's going to the IR. I don't know how many surgeries you have on a high ankle sprain. We know how McVay loves to lie about fucking injuries. So, it looked like a knee to me. I don't know. He's hmm. probably just covering that shot. I, I don't know if that dude ever plays football again, which is sad for him. What? I, dude, I'm serious. Like, I don't know. I didn't see it, but a high ankle sprain is like, if he needs surgery, he probably stressed, you know, stressed fractured you know that that high ankle like the tibia fibia where it where it meets down there so who knows welcome to the medical podcast we fgh uh, we're learning this is a yeah, house of learning doctors let's, let's get out of this real quick because i am in 
I'm in waters that I can't swim. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to those Buffalo Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. They are consensus seven and a half point home favorites over the Cleveland Browns. Mm, let me scroll down to this. We're all over the place on pattern here. Oh, here we go. All right, so this is obviously snow game possibility. Keep an eye on the weather as the week progresses we record on wednesday night so things can obviously change all the way up to game time you know we've all we've all woken up on a sunday morning and uh and turned on our tvs after with a hangover and seen just snow a foot of snow in some of these games that just came out of nowhere so definitely keep an eye on that i'm gonna immediately going to lean to the running team here and the team less reliant on the pass um if there is weather coming in, uh, that's just a, a huge bonus there. Uh, and speaking of relying on the past, our Josh Allen is not exactly the Josh Allen of last year. He has been making mistakes this year, uh, forcing things into into windows or making decisions that, you know, you could say that he's always made bad decisions, and he really has his whole career. But we all know how this goes. Like sometimes these these gunslingers, they're they're feeling it. They're catching the breaks. Mahomes went through it for a little bit where he was just catching breaks, catching breaks, and just getting lucky. Uh, and they go in streaks, you know. And right now, Allen's in one of those bad streaks where his he's not getting away with his mistakes like he has in the past. You can call it regression. You can call it, you know, maybe some of that arm injury is going to be bothering him going forward. And he won't be able to, to power some of those uh, balls into the windows that he could in the past, but he still thinks he can. Bottom line, Buffalo hasn't scored a second half touchdown in three fucking weeks. Something's going on at halftime. I'm sure they'll get it fixed eventually, but it's an issue right now uh, with the weather and all of that. The huge number. Give me Cleveland. Anything over seven, I'm fucking taking it and not even looking back. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Uh, It's actually moving up to eight, so that's where it looks like it's probably going to settle at least until all the teaser money starts coming in, then it might get up to the eight and a half and nine as we generally see that move between that dead number and eight and nine. No, oh, give it to me. Um, so a couple of things you said right there, weather, of course, looking at the forecast right now, <clears throat> it says snow to two to four inches in the morning and afternoon. This is a noon kickoff. So or 11 a.m. Eastern time. So there's going to be snow on the ground. Uh, the wind's not going to be quite as high, about 15 to 18 miles an hour. Some forecasts have said 30 miles an hour. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, the wind is what affects passing games more than anything. Mm-hmm. If it's just snow and not that much wind, yeah, I think the Allen arm injury has been a little bit overblown. I mean, I saw him play last week. I mean, they, they still had like 450 fucking yards. <laughs> they literally fucked everything off. Like, the possibility of them losing that game to Minnesota was, I think they were at 99% win probability at one point. I mean, it was incredible that they that they won the game, or that they lost the game. I mean, the Diggs catch alone, my God, that was fucking, or Jefferson, sorry, Jefferson catch well, alone. They both had amazing catches. But the Jefferson catch was like, holy fuck me. On fourth mm-hmm. and 17, he catches the ball with three fingers when the defender had two goddamn hands on it. Yeah. That was fucking incredible. Just to keep that drive alive, and they get down there, and Cousins does a Cousins, classic Cousins. He can't fucking score from a half mm-hmm. inch line. On a, he had a quarterback sneak, and he stepped backwards, and he, then he hesitated for a second. 
It's yeah, like he was running a quarterback sneak slash draw. Like, what the fuck are you doing? That's a horrible play call. That's not what he does. That's you got to have something better than that. Either way, um, but I agree with you. Buffalo has been trending downward, and you think, talk about Josh Allen's interceptions. Not like last year. Well, man, if you look at the last two years, he's got the most interceptions in the NFL. He just he does so many things well. And they win so much. It's just like he covers up for a lot of his sins, kind of like Matthew Stafford did last year. I mean, the dude, I think he led the league in interceptions and won the fucking Super Bowl. So interceptions are not the end-all, be-all, especially in 2022 in the NFL. So obviously he can get away with a lot of that. But here's what I will say. Uh, Cleveland is the five. They're in the new spot. Uh, uh, Winner on this. That's five and one so far in the spot that they're in since we've been tracking that. And then... Cleveland is a dog for more points. This year, they're now 48-23. and 23. So if you just lined up and bet every dog in the NFL from week one on, 48-23. You don't even have to you don't even have to know what football you you cannot even spell football and be crushing. And they were four and one last week. So they got that going for them, and then this trend right here. So it's 2015 and on, week eleven and on. A team. That has 60% or better winning percentage versus a team, 40% or worse winning percentage. And the and the team with 60% is averaging 28 points or less a game versus a team that's averaging 25 points or less a game. Uh, that team in Buffalo situation is 3-10 ATS, 7-6 straight up. So that doesn't bode well for Cleveland to win the game. But huge favor for them to, to cover. And then all time in that situation, Longhorn, all time, or since 1989, that's where our data goes back from, 32-40 and 40 ATS, 44.4%. And when they're favored by six or more in the previous game, which Buffalo was, going back to the 2015 stat, 0-3 straight up and ATS. So, terrible spot for Buffalo. Uh, huge letdown off a huge favorite. At home, still at home. Terrible letdown. Then you got the weather coming in, the situation like you talked about. And don't forget, boys and girls, Watson is coming back. You know, Cleveland's still, they're still fighting. They're still fighting. There's a lot of the, I mean, the divisions ran away from them, but there's a lot of the wild cards still left over in the AFC. So they have not given up. This is not a dead team. And they fought like hell, uh, you know, pretty much the whole season. Last week obviously wasn't a very good week for them. But good running team. And Jacoby Brissett has played so underrated this year. For what he's done and what he's had to work with, um, I, I, I honestly think that the coaching staff for Cleveland has been what's fucked Jacoby up a little bit. They're treating him like, you know, a, a dude that absolutely can't throw, which he's not a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he has number eight CPA plus EPO plus EPOE, and then if you look at QBR, he's the number seven in the league in QBR. So. You can say what you want to, and I know he's not a great quarterback, but he's not playing badly. They're limiting him. They're limiting his opportunities. They run, 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 and then they try to ask him to throw him third and what the fuck ever, and it's really putting him in a disservice. But in this game, I think they can run the ball, have some success. Buffalo's not shown any kind of propensity to run the ball. They are, I mean, almost 100% Josh Allen dependent, and you know he, he can obviously give you one as he did last week. Cleveland is two games out of a wild card spot, so you know they'll if, when they lose this. If they do, they're certainly buried. But um, yeah, there's no reason to quit now. 
Yeah, this this is this is their last stand. Last stand against a wounded team. Like the Alamo. Pretty much. All right, moving on. Those Indianapolis Colts. Woo! Shocked the whole world. And this <laughs> week they are six and a half point home dogs to the Philadelphia. Just lost an impossible game on Monday night, the Philadelphia Eagles. They shocked the whole world, and nobody saw it because nobody watched that shit. But this, <laughs> this, however, is the Danger Zone game of the week. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Philly, like you said, coming off a primetime embarrassing loss and that does that does scare me so it's, it's going to keep me off from you know hitting any kind of sounder or uh you know making it the big dig pick of the week or anything like that this is dangerous though they the colts started this season with you know aspirations to win that division i think they right before the season they closed as the favorites to win that division so hopes were high Obviously, as the season's gone on, it's just been, you know, a steady dose of shit, shit, shit all the whole way. Last week was a shot of life into a team that has pride, and sometimes that can, for a moment, change your season, turn your season around. On the other side, Jordan Davis out is making Philly vulnerable on defense. Their run defense has not been what it has been stopping the run when he was there. They lost another cornerback. Uh, on Monday night, uh, don't get me wrong. They still have a, you know, they they're obviously the better team. They have tons of talent everywhere, but they lost Goddard tight end on offense. AJ Brown turned his ankle in the first quarter. <clears throat> I think their first or second drive, and he finished that game with like I don't know. I think like two catch, one catch. One I don't know what it was. One catch for six yards. Yeah, he is not okay. I don't know if he's going to play this game. He might not. He, he might as well not have played last week. As soon as he turned his ankle, he was done. So now you're down two. Of your three offensive weapons. And Devontae Smith is, you know, he is what he is. He's a good receiver. He's not ready to step up and be that, you know, number one. He's had a couple monster games, but that's whatever. So is Deshaun Jackson. And Deshaun Jackson was never like a number one type receiver. Uh, This could be problematic for Philly. Um, So, look, you got one team riding high. I don't think that this coach for Indy uh, Saturday, I mean, it's, it's it's a cute story. I don't think it's going to go anywhere long term, but like I said, this is in the short term. They're playing this week, not you know, not two years from now. So right now, Indy's feeling good. Shot of life. Philly's taking some hits. They're losing players on defense, losing players on offense. Dangerous spot for Philly. They better bring their nuts because Indy is coming in there to get that win. Yeah, man, I like it. The numbers like it too. This is one of the few numbers agreement on the week is on Indy. Um, Philly has a new spot, but it is a it's a coin flip. It's been 50-50 in the spots that they have it. And then we got a couple of really, really good trends that have been hot for us on Indy. Number one is home dog ap- after win at, as a road dog. <clears throat> 172-142. That's all time. 55.5%. And uh, last team we had on that was Washington in week eight. And that hit for us. Mm-hmm. They're on that trend. Then they're on the big trend, the big trend that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. It's 3-0. 3-0 in the last three weeks we've had three teams on, and this is it. And it's kind of obscure, but it makes sense if you think about it. Since 2015, 
if your team has an average turnover margin of equal to or greater than one versus their opponent, and they're the dog, and their opponent has less than three wins, 181 and 145 ATS, but that team is 118 and 218 straight up. Houston covered and lost as that team. Green Bay covered and won. Washington covered and lost. And then this week, Indy is on that trend as well. And then on top of that, uh, if you look at teams that previous game were home favorite of 10 or more, they lose straight up. The next game, their road favorite between 6 and 8, 13, 21, and 1 ATS with a negative 2.6 or 2.76 ATS margin. Now they are 22 and 13 straight up, which lends again back to our other trend. So Philadelphia probably wins this game more likely than not. But the numbers say more likely than not, they do not cover. One side note to that, 23 and 12 to the over. And then again, of course, you have the Philly on the dogs of four or more trend that is this year that is fucking red hot and you do not want to get in front of. You ain't got to fucking bet Indy, but there's no fucking way you can bet Philly. And having said that, if you look at the board across, I'm looking at it, it's moved to seven at Caesars. It's moving to seven at points bet. Six and a halfs are all under 110. So just wait, wait, wait. You're going to get the fucking seven on Indy. So just be patient. Wherever you got your book at, wait for that seven. Don't don't buy it up. It's going to come to you. It's going to come to you. It is going to move to Indy. So just be patient. This game, the look ahead was 10. Then the big overreaction, of course, after the Monday night terrible loss by Philly. Indy going on the road, getting the fucking shocker. Went from 10. It actually went all the way down to 6 at one point. It's bouncing back up now. The public's like, are you fucking kidding me? Indianapolis sucks. Matt Ryan sucks. This coach is just on ESPN. This is Philly. They just lost one game. Just wait. Just be patient. You're going to get that seven. So wait on it if you like Indy. If you are if you disagree with this 100%, you better fucking grab it now because those six and a half is going to disappear uh, within probably about the time we're done with this podcast. They're gone. I mean, I'm showing seven already. So yeah. So you can still get six and a half. If you disagree with this, you can get six and a half at FanDuel, at BetMGM, at BetRivers, and at... Um, Sports Illustrated. Whatever fucking affiliate Sports Illustrated is affiliated with. I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's fucking... Um, I, don't, I don't know who the fuck they're affiliated with, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. I, swimsuit edition? I don't know. I don't know what yeah. that is. Well, I do love titties. And speaking of that, we're moving on. <laughs> so, All right. Houston. That's Houston mm-hmm. with an yeah. H. Texans. Now, consensus, three-and-a-half-point home dogs of those Washington Redskins. Three-and-a-half, baby. I like that number. This is a no-brainer. Take Houston situationally. I fucking love this game. You got Washington coming off a primetime huge win against an undefeated, previously undefeated, Philadelphia Eagles as huge double-digit dogs. Now they're back on the road as favorites. It's just a smash, smash spot for Houston. Um, and listen, I also love the fact that everyone right now is, you know, if, if you're listening to this right now, you're moaning and you're groaning. You're like, I fucking hate Houston. I, that's a terrible <laughs> pick. I, I fucking love That makes me love it even more. Uh, give me. I, I get it. They suck. Houston fucking sucks. You obviously didn't play. fucking watch the game last week. They could have fucking won. Well, that's that's exactly. Exactly. That's why we play numbers not teams 
Give me those three and a half uh, points because I don't think that's going to last. Now, if you get it down to three with Washington, I don't know. You got a conversation there because you're losing all your value. Um, but, yeah, man, fucking three and a half. Matter of fact, you know what, Bo Sivas, you should do it at the beginning of a, of, a, of a breakdown. Make this the big dick pick of the week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice dick. I'm going to put my dick in. And with that, I'll let you respond. And and, and uh, I just flopped it on the table. You tell me what you think about it. Well, it's not as big as you think it is. I, I hate that all the ladies have been lying to you. I've heard that before. I've heard that before. No, I love this pick. Uh, what I hate about it is it is three in the Super Contest. Uh, it's Ooh. On one tens across, it is three. Now... The three and a half consensus is juiced at least to 115, if not 120. But more and more books are moving to three and a half. So it means it will be three and a half for live action. The Super Contest is something that we have to deal with. You guys don't have to fuck with it. So don't worry about it. Wait for the three and a half. It's coming to you. It will absolutely... I thought you said you, you just said, you said three and a half when you started, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Consensus, it okay. is three and a half. But in the Super okay. con- you know how it works. Yeah. And Super Contest, just to fill you guys in, I don't know I don't know how much we've talked about it really, but Super Contest are lines from the Westgate Superbook that get sent to us at a certain point on Wednesdays, and whatever the lines are, when the lines are, that's what it gets sent to us, and they're dead for the rest of the week. Everybody mm-hmm. bets the same lines, no matter what information comes out. You know, if you get Green Bay minus three, you know, against Tennessee, and then Aaron Rodgers' head falls off, you still get the plus three in Tennessee. Nothing changes. That's the way that contest works, obviously in a live market situation. So just to clarify what I'm saying, but it is three and a half consensus in Vegas and most places across the board, but they are charging you extra juice on the three and a half, but everywhere is going to move there eventually. So having said that, Houston is the numbers agreement and new spot agreement. That's four and two so far on the season. So good fucking play there. Uh, Interesting. The only, the only uh, negative trend I found on this, and it, it it's pretty negative, but uh, home dogs between two and four, week eleven and on, with a twenty percent or worse winning percentage, versus a team that's 50-50 on the year, two and five ATS with a negative eight point six four ATS margin, one and six straight up, five and two to the over. So, and that is moving up from 40 to 41. So, people are already kind of on that. Um, and the other thing I'll say, I've been saying it all year, and I say it every time we talk about the Redskins, uh, the teams they can beat, Philly notwithstanding, obviously, uh, are teams that can score the ball. Teams that cannot score the ball are the teams that they do beat. So, generally, this, is a, this, this would be a nut spot for me take the skins however i think situation like you just said coming off a, i mean they they never win on monday night they never beat the eagles mm-hmm. they never win as that kind of dog it's that kind of team i mean they got so fucking lucky to do it they got beat in yards per play they fuck i mean heineken fumbles the ball in the first play of the game for a touchdown i mean everything had to fucking go their way from there on out just for them to fucking win the game like you said on the Eagles, it was a very, very good handicap uh, with Jordan Davis being out, not being able to defend the run. All the Redskins did was run, 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 run. They kept the ball for like 40 fucking minutes. The Eagles barely even had it. 
Anytime you get that kind of disparity, and I don't put a lot of stock in um, time of possession, but when you get that kind of disparity in the NFL, your, your, your chances are so limited. When you limit your possessions that much as offense, you have to be so efficient and so perfect, and it just wasn't the Eagles' night. They had penalties. They had drops. Uh, Hurts threw a terrible fucking interception. It just, it just wasn't their night. So, But with this and with, the, with Houston, they've been fighting. Houston can run the ball. Very, I mean, they ran all up and down the fucking field on the Giants. I don't know how many yards they fucking ran for. Uh, I think it was at least a million. Pierce might still be running. I don't know. <laughs> of course, it's all getting called back by holding calls. So it doesn't fucking matter. But whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, 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 I'm totally with you on Houston in this spot. Especially with the three and a half. got to get that hook. I think you got to get the hook protection. This is usually one of those ugly games. The Redskins fuck around and win by like one or two, maybe a field goal if they're lucky, but yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right, moving on. Those New England Patriots. Coming off a bye. Home favorites versus the New York J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Three and a half points. Three and a half, three and a half. Uh, got some threes out there too. So shop around on this one, depending on who you like. Of course, perceptions on these two teams is flipping, and I kind of like that. This this works for me, and on the I like New England, so this is working great for me because right now the perception on the Jets is completely flipped from what it was going into the season. And the perception on New England has been flipping for fucking since Brady walked out the door, basically. Um, But that's fine. That works for me because New England owns this team. Bill Belichick hates this team and owns it. And he also owns young quarterbacks. So, yes, the Jets have a really good defense. They have a shutdown corner in Sauce Gardner. But we saw the last time they played. We saw the last time they played. It's not going to matter that much against New England. Because they're just going to fucking run, 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 kick the field goals when they need to, continue to slowly build a lead, and just wait for the dumbass quarterback for New, uh, the Jets to make a mistake, which he absolutely will, and then they, they walk away with a, you know, kind of pedestrian, probably 7-10 to 10 point win, and it's going to feel like the Jets never had a chance. Um, so yeah, I fucking love New England in this spot. Um, it, it just... I, Look, the Jets are a good story. It got it got bad against New England last time. I don't see anything different in this game, so give me New England. Yeah, the last game, I think the stats said that New England should have won the game by like two or three, and they won by twenty. This <laughs> um, is they weren't they weren't. It's not exactly they, they're just uh, whatever. We'll take the field goal. Take the field goal. Take yeah, the field goal. Because Belichick, is, I mean, it's so funny too because some people say. Oh, he's so old school. And yet, he's been on the cutting edge of every trend in the NFL. Right? He, he was on the cutting edge of go for, go for it on fourth down. He, he was the first one to do it. In, in, in situations you would never think. You would never think, oh, go for it on fourth down. I mean, I, he went for it on like fourth and three on his own 30 when they were playing Indy when, when Peyton was still there. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And they lost the game. But he knew if he didn't get that. You're going to lose anyway. So, as old school as people think he is, he's always on the cutting edge. And he's always one step ahead. One step ahead. When the whole league was, 
you know, trying to run it. What did he do? Open. I mean, he won two, two, three Super Bowls, running and playing defense. What did he do? Ah, fuck it. Let's get Randy Moss go five wide. Let's go fucking score forty points a game. Went undefeated. Like he's always kind of one step ahead. And against his division opponents, he's almost always one step ahead. Uh, love the fact you brought up the fact uh, the the young quarterback thing. It's just death playing them. It's just death. He 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 has too many looks, too many variables that he can play with his defense. Um, and it's not a great defense, but it's a Belichick defense. It's too complicated for fucking the pumpkin pie motherfucker to figure out. Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson, EPA plus CPOE. And I love how he's like, look at the steps Zach Wilson's taking. He's 28th in the league. One one-thousandth of a point above Joe Flacco. Who's the guy yeah. behind him? Oh yeah, and two, three one thousandths of a point above Cooper fucking Rush. So he ain't he ain't going nowhere. He he's not taking these steps. He sucks. The kid fucking sucks. Now what sucks for us? The super contest is three and a half. I don't think it's really gonna matter that much. If I'm being honest, I think to your point, they're just gonna bludgeon him to death. Now, from the numbers perspective, the numbers are split on this. Obviously, uh, the Jets have performed very well this year. Again, way higher than any of our expectations, way higher than Vegas' expectations. And New England's been right about what Vegas expected, so that's cool for the numbers we split. You got New England coming off a bye as a home field um, favorite. That is not favorable for them. It's a coin well, it's a coin flip. So after by 46 and 46. The Jets also coming after by on the road as a dog that is favorable. That's the only favorable spot coming off by 37 and 30. And I think that's 2-0 so far this year. Uh, so that's favoring the Jets there. But all the trends that I, that I looked up were 100. Any way I could slice it, it was 50-50 all the way down the board. So give me Belichick. Give me mac and cheese, and just give me the team that's gonna be more consistent and not gonna fucking turn the ball over like you know fucking Zach Wilson's gonna do. Just like I turned his mom over last night, kid. <laughs> no, 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 he didn't. No, but a guy I know, him and her got it on. Oh, probably a lot of guys did. A lot of guys. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on to those New York Football Giants, three-point home favorites over your Detroit Lions. Yeah, my Lions are starting to win those coin flip games that they lost earlier in the year. Um, and I was actually going to pull up their – I'll do that when you uh, when you get into yours. I'm going to pull up their season, just track of what they've been doing and the close games they've lost. But they're starting to win those games. Um, yeah, but right now, in this game, this week, they're playing the team that, I swear to God, I'm so sick of losing to. They just keep getting those lucky <laughs> wins. So, I'm not necessarily interested in betting against the Giants, even though everything tells me to take the fucking Lions here. Uh, you know, like you, you've already gone over what happened last week. They should The Giants should not have covered that game for sure. There's a chance There was a chance they could have fucking just straight up lost that game. Um, so obviously, um, at three and a half, I do lean to Detroit, um, as it gets closer to game time, maybe I might actually take that No, this is three, three. Oh, it's not, you don't get the hook right now? Three across the board. 
Hmm. Yeah, so that's one of those ones where I would only take Detroit with the hook. If, if I take the hook off, then it just makes the decision easy for me, to be honest with you. Um, but New York is obviously due for regression, and Detroit is obviously due to win some more of these close games that they've uh, lost all season. Um, so I will lean to Detroit, and I'll look up their uh, season while you do your, your handicap, then we can review just the fucking... What like Detroit's three and six, and we'll kind of review what um, their record could be if they just won one or two more coin flips. Go ahead. That's a good call. I need to update the uh, Pythagorean theorem and see kind of where everybody kind of should be, and I'll do that after this week. Uh, we're past the halfway point. We'll be for everybody now with all the buys. So, all right, uh, the numbers are split on this one. The Giants are the new spot agreement on three and one spot, and they do agree with our power rankings. Uh, so that's a three and two spot overall to the Giants. There, our power rankings, by the way, I believe are since week five, 38 and 37, and for the whole year, uh, 62 and 61. So that's grading every game that comes up with a non-zero delta, uh, we just above 500. That just lets you know you're on the right track when your numbers are doing that. If that's the only metric you're using, which obviously it's not what we do, but that's a very, very good sign for us. However, in this game specifically, the Giants, uh, it's, it's very mixed overall. So, if you look at the Giants, there's one trend we have. Home favorite week two to four, week eight and on, 50%. Winner percentage versus a losing team, uh, six and 24 ATS, so not good. Then if you look, uh, if you step that up to 70% winning percentage versus a losing team, 15-9 ATS. Those are definitely conflicting. However, Detroit is on our big trend that we told you we've been tracking. They're the other team besides Indy. That's the turnover trend. Uh, again, 181 and 145 on that ATS. 118 and 218 straight up. So it's going to have to be a pretty tight game for them to cover and not win. So that's pro- this is probably the one that if Detroit loses, this is probably the one. So we've had one, two, three covers in a row on this. I like Indy to cover. So Detroit, probably the odd man out, but we'll see. They'll pretty much have to win to do it. If you look at the line overall at three, I mean, this is the... Tell you how fucking lucky the Giants have been. They're the 19th overall team in DVOA. Detroit's 20th. And what's their record again, Longhorn? Three and six. But what's Detroit? What's John's record? Oh God! What are they? Seven and two? Yeah, seven and two, and three and six, and they're nineteenth and twentieth. So that tells <laughs> you the razor thin margin. Yeah. That so de- so Detroit. Maybe they shouldn't be three and six. Maybe they should be four and five. Whatever. They're not a good team. They should be below five hundred no matter what. Yeah, four and five. So best should case. so should the fucking Giants. The both these teams should be around four and five to three and six, somewhere around in there. But they're not. So this is the last trend I got on this one. Week 11 and on, home favorites 2.5 to 4. Winning team versus a losing team, 26-41-3 ATS with a negative 1.36 ATS margin. Now, if you bump that up to what I gave the Giants the good trend for, you bump it up to 70% because I wanted to see how that measured out. Week 11 and on, 70% versus a losing team, 3-6-1 and one ATS. So, 30%, either way you cut it. Now, 7-3 straight up if you're 7-3, and three, 
or if you're 70%. So again, this this looks like I mean it, it looks like one of those one two point wins like that yeah. you're just gonna be sick. I mean if 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 you're on the if you're on Detroit you're gonna be fucking happy as fuck that you got the cover. You're on the Giants you're gonna be fucking sick. Yeah, and just real quick down the uh, Detroit's schedule. If you take the two blowout losses they had against the Patriots and the Cowboys, where they got destroyed, they weren't in that game ever at all. The other losses, these are the teams they lost to. Philadelphia, Minnesota, Seattle, and the Dolphins. And those four, which are all we can all agree, are those are four high-quality teams. A combination of 14 points is what they lost those four games by. So, I mean, and obviously they're not a good team. So it's not like I'm saying they should have won, you know, three of them. They, 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 I wouldn't even say they should have won two of them. But if they had just won one of them, like you said, you're looking at a four and five team. Yeah, uh, I mean, they should be right. four and five, and and right. so should the Giants. Like, so basically, what we're saying is by the numbers, you're getting even teams, and the Giants are getting three at home. Their home field's worth about two, so you get about one point of value on Detroit. And all the trends I just gave you said that if it goes the way the trends say and the numbers say, Detroit's going to lose by one or two points. So, I mean, it, it, it for me, it's Detroit or nothing. Yeah. All right. Let's keep touching that fucking stove, I guess. <laughs> all right, moving on. Those Baltimore Ravens. Woo! 13 points they're up to now versus Carolina Panthers. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to make this one quick. Baker's in, so I am out. This is a huge number. (laughs) (laughs) It's a huge number. And I know that, um, you know, look, you know what? I don't care. I'm taking Baltimore. I'm leaning Baltimore. I will pay. I will pay to see if Baltimore, or excuse me, if Baker can actually be a real quarterback again and uh, not look like a complete fucking sack of shit out there. Um, it's it's. Um, I'll look at the splits. I think this is a pros versus Joes. It's like a big bag of shit. I don't see how it couldn't be pros versus Joes in this one. It is. Where the fuck is this game at? Is it even on the board? It's in Baltimore. It's yes. I know. The, <laughs> I know it's in Baltimore. Where is it at on my screen? Oh, look at you know what? Maybe they canceled. Maybe they canceled the game and they said, nah, this one's not going on. I don't have it on here, so I don't know what's going on. But yeah, lean Baltimore. Yeah, they they canceled the game just like they canceled Coastal Carolina versus uh, whoever they're playing because Coastal Carolina's quarterback's out. Nobody wants to watch that team without fucking Grayson McCall because that dude is a fucking badass, baby. Actually, there it is. Car- okay, Carolina's getting the cash, so I mean, whatever. Baltimore's getting the tickets. Carolina's getting the cash. Um, good luck to all those people. I'm taking Baltimore. Alright, well, first time all podcast, I'm going to disagree with you. Um, <laughs> now, the new spot is split on this one. The agreements to the numbers are all in Carolina. Which, generally, big dogs, that's that's pretty standard. However, this year, not been the case. Not been the case. Because the parity in the league this year has gone up so much. And, uh, just to reference that again, Carolina, four points or more dog. 48-23 this year and 4-1 four, four last week. Baltimore, home favorite after a bye. Again, not a favorable spot. Not a favorable spot to be. And then this one... I thought about making it the trend of the week. I'm not going to, but it's a really great trend. Home favorites 11 to 13, week 11 and on. Winning team versus a team 
30%, 20% or worse since 2015. 1-5-1 ATS with a negative 4.21 margin at the ATS. And here is a good, really good trend on this one. And I'm looking at staring at total now. Oh, they're, they're already all over it. 0-7 to the under. It opened at 43.5, down to 41.5. The under's already been pounded. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I see some 42s. You feel comfortable playing that under 42? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't. Let's see. The under is getting 75% of the. Um, it's being the... crushed down by two points, but you can still get get it on a one and a half point discount. Yeah. At a couple different. At, at Caesar, you can get a 42. At yeah, points bet, you can get a 42. Not, I don't I'm, hate it. They're disappearing. 0-7 again uh, in this position. All time on that trend I gave you. But uh, caveat to that, 7-0 and straight up to the favorite. So that would be Baltimore. And last week, long when we saw, you know, a huge it, – it's been rolling pretty big and then like one bad week and then another big week on – uh, if you cover, you win straight up. And last week was it was all all but two teams covered and one straight up. So this this is one of those weeks kind of ripe to have like you know two or three. I think this is one. I think Carolina covers. I think Baltimore wins. Uh, now for what it's worth, though, just to put this out there, all time home favorites eleven thirteen all time since nineteen eighty nine. Again. 167, 129, and 5, 56% on that. That's all time. But again, in the recency bias and in this particular situation, 1, 5, and 1 for the favorite in this position. I think Baltimore comes out in a sleepy spot. You know, the weather's not going to be great on the East Coast at all this this, uh, week. Both these teams like to run the ball. You know, Baltimore prefer to run it than pass it. And you know they got to get margin. They've been they've been terrible at holding margin all year in the second half. I I just feel like Carolina's gonna maybe keep it close, but at least in the end make it make it under that thirteen. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, obviously the game of the week. The Atlanta Falcons minus three at home versus the Chicago <laughs> Bears. Shit, man! You say that this might this this might be the this might be the most exciting game of the week with with these two teams. Um, it's it's nah. this game feels trappy to me because uh, what's your consensus? Say it again. Did you say three and a half. Uh, consensus is three. There's three and a half at Bet Rivers and at Points Bet. Yeah, every, everywhere else is three and a half or three, but the threes are taking heavy, heavy, big. Yeah. so it is moving to three and a half. Okay. Well, and it, and it probably was taking heavy money at the three and a half is why it, it dipped down to the three. I, I think I think if the only way to play this is if you like Chicago, you wait for that tick up to three and a half. If you like Atlanta, you're going to be able to catch it on that three. And I, I really feel the same way. It's why I kind of have a hard time gauging this game. I really, I mean, God, I mean, it almost seems just too easy to take the over 49. I really don't see how either one of these teams – stop each other the only thing that might prevent that over is they are two running teams so the clock's just going to continue to run so they might have to not have the time to get uh to get that over but atlanta's gonna be able to run the ball and score their points 
Chicago's going to be able to run the ball and score their points. The difference could be that Fields can um, occasionally, you know, get you with the pass. And Mariota, especially lately, has shown the passing has completely left his repertoire. And that's going that's a chance to hamper their entire offense because you can you can be a great running team, but when you're losing the threat of pass at all. You're, it, it, they just become you become easier to defend for the defense. Um, so and 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 let's be honest, Mariota is just not exactly the athlete that Fields has has shown that he is over the last month. Oh, so, that's a hot take. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's just not like I mean, he's he's good for that offense uh, when he can sprinkle in the, the passing, but he can't even get the ball to fucking Pitts. London has disappeared on the outside. So, look, long story short, it feels like a. It feels like a good situational spot for Atlanta, and if you get them at three, I don't hate that. If you get three and a half in Chicago, I kind of like that, but these are two bad teams. They're just two fucking bad teams. I'd probably just, you know, uh, hold my nose and take the over and just just hope for a a bunch of fucking crazy shit to happen. Yep, both teams garbage. This is actually a zero-point delta on our power rankings. There will be no call on that. So, obviously, the rest of the algorithms are split. No trends I could really find. Uh, and speaking of both teams running, you're right. That's what they do. And both teams suck fucking balls on defense, period. 29th and 30th DVOA. But specifically against the run, 25th and 26th worse. Atlanta's 25th, Chicago 26th. Neither one of these teams can defend the run. All these teams really can do is run. Both quarterbacks are garbage when it comes to throwing the football. So, now, on the over, the only thing I'll – the only – Caution on having that is it's going to take explosive runs and finishing, at least finishing some inside the red zone, which neither one of these teams are very good at. Generally, not when you can't throw the football, especially when you can't hit a six foot five, two hundred fifty pound tight end that runs a four, mm-hmm. fucking four two forty. If you can't hit that guy in the red zone, it's really fucking hard to score touchdowns. So that that's my only caution on that. These teams, but. Chicago's been scoring a lot, but Chicago's been doing a lot by the explosive run, uh, especially a lot from Fields. Uh, if he can keep that up, that's great. It is on turf. It is in Atlanta, so no weather concerns, no muddy field, no none of that bullshit. So I don't hate the over there. I do do not have a lean on the side either way on this one, though. All right. All right, Longhorn, we are moving on to the mile-high city of Denver, those Broncos. Consensus two and a half, although it is moving towards the three spot. Home favorite over our Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this game is the Hello Corner TV game. I do not get fuck both these teams. I am <laughs> I am so done with these teams. Obviously, I lost the sounder last week on. Denver against Tennessee. Uh, they were coming off a bye, and they had two weeks to come up with anything, anything on offense. And they come out and they score 10 fucking points. So I'm done with that fucking shitty-ass team. Even though, even though they have a great fucking defense, uh, it just doesn't matter because something is broken between that coaching staff and quarterback combination. I don't know what it is. doesn't look like it's going to be fixed this year at all. Um, but here's the deal. On the other side, 
the Raiders might be more broken just overall as an organization and and turmoil in that uh, in that locker room. So this is a very hard pass for me. I don't want any part of this. Uh, if you could, I don't remember what the what the line you just said, but if you can get it to tick under three, then yeah, I'll I'll take Denver. If if it's at three or if it ticks higher, I don't. I'm not going to take the Raiders, but I, I definitely wouldn't take Denver at that point. Yeah, so consensus two and a half. You can get two and a half at FanDuel, at BetMGM, at Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, then it's threes the rest across the board. And the Super Contest, it is three. Just of course. FYI. Uh, on this game, numbers are split. Huge shocker. Uh, Las <laughs> Vegas, though, in the new spot is 4-0 and oh right here. They fall into that spot. So pretty dominant spot on our drive stats. Uh, if you look overall, this line is exactly where it should be. Denver's 22nd DVO, DVOA is a team. Las Vegas is 27th. Both of them bad teams. I'm not breaking news here. Uh, but situationally, so the coach for Las Vegas, uh, McDaniels, that's him, right? Josh, yeah, Josh McDaniels. He got the dreaded vote of confidence from ownership this week. Oh, he's our coach. He's our coach going forward. Oh, you hate to fucking see that. Now, if you look at both these teams, they're in the same division. Both their season is fucking over. It's over. They're dead. They're both dead. Last week was the kill shot for both of them. That's why Derek Carr was crying. Kind of like a bitch, but uh, I kind of liked it too because he was he was crying because he was so pissed, which is a manly cry. So I shouldn't say like a bitch. I take that back. He was manly crying. Because he was so pissed off that they just lost to a fucking shitty-ass Colts team with a coach who had never coached. He literally just stepped out of ESPN onto the sideline, and they beat him. So, both teams season over. I still think Russ has more to prove because he's got the contract. He is Russell Wilson. So, motivationally, I don't know. I think it's maybe even. You see your quarterback crying up there and calling out effort. I think that's got to be at least at least 50-50 there. Now, I will say this. I did look this up. Just interestingly, it's kind of how I build these trends. But, Longhorn, what would you think the home division, every home division team, no matter road, no matter favorite or dog, home division team since 1989, what would you think? Just give me a ballpark percentage. Their spread would be, or their percentage would be winning ATS since 1989. Mm, 60. 48.2. 48.2. Oh. So that was you're, close. So you're almost, almost winning money if you just bet against every home division team since 1989. You're not winning money. You're right on that big line, right? Um, well, yeah, you're about you're a percent under the big line, so you're losing, you're vigging out. So you vigged out over three thousand games or whatever that is. So you've lost a lot of money actually, but either way, that that is just, just goes to show you how hard it is to beat the book. If I told you, hey, I'll give you a trend that's thirty, whatever, thirty four hundred games, and if you just bet one side, you'll win more than half. And you still end up losing money. That's how hard it is to beat the books and actually win money in Vegas. Just pulling back the curtain a little bit to show you guys how hard this is to actually do. 
and win money as we do every single fucking year. But, further inside of that, week 11 and on, home field favorite, 2-4 in division. If you have a 40% winning percentage or less versus a team that has a 30% winning percentage or less, 11-16 and 16 ATA with an ATS with a negative 3.48 margin, which is more than the line even in this game, and 11-16 and 16 to the under, which the under was 42.5, down to 41.5, so it's already kind of been hit on that. 13-14 and 14 straight up, so it's basically a coin flip either way. I mean, split, the numbers are split. Vegas is our new spot leader right now. I'll, I'll take Vegas plus the three if I had to. It's nothing I feel real strongly about, but, yeah, I, I think Vegas goes and wins this game just because, I mean, they, they just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. I just That's why. No one's going to watch this game, so you let me know. All right, we're moving on to a game that everybody's going to watch. That is going to be the game of the week on Fox. That is the Dallas Cowboys. Minus one and a half consensus at those Minnesota Fighting Cousins. Yep, this is the situational smash spot of the week. Could be spot of the year. I don't know. You've got Dallas. Coming off a national spotlight loss. Minnesota coming off the fucking game of the year win. Are you fucking kidding me? Huge advantage to Dallas in the trenches. Minnesota is going to be out three. Count them three offensive linemen for this game. The pass rush for Dallas is going to be all over Cousins. And speaking of Cousins, it is not noontime Cousins. It is three o'clock Cousins. I don't know what else I need to say. Dallas wins this game by three or more points. Mark it down. All right. Well, this is going to be my trend of the week. Nerd alert. Nerd. Nerd. You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. And just like last week, that trend is going to go against you, buddy. I hate to say it. Now, that's a great on. point on not noon time cousins. You know, I. I am the biggest proponent of non-noon time cousins of all the fights we've ever had on this podcast. I've always been on the side of non-noon time cousins. He sucks Mm. if it's not at noon. Now, the numbers are split on this. Uh, Minnesota is the new spot. Power ranking agreement. That's three and two so far. That's not a huge thing. Not Basing on that, there's a few trends here that I will give on Minnesota. Number one, teams with 80% better winning percentage at home as dogs last 20 years, 51 and 33. We're already two and one or two and zero, oh, sorry, on that trend this year. And they're also home dogs after a win on a road dog. 177 and 142, that's 55 and a half percent. They've got that going for them. But then this is the trend of the week right here. All right. Um, since 1991, home dogs of one to three points. Previous game covered as road dogs versus a team that did not cover as a road favorite of 3 to 5 in the previous game 8 and 0 oh, ATS with a 
plus 5.6 ATS margin. Seven and three straight up. Four and six to the under. If I'm looking at the total. Total's not changed. So nobody jumping on that. However, eight and zero oh, since 1991 in this spot for Minnesota. Plus our other two trends from Minnesota. The numbers are split, which makes it a coin flip. So I'm not like hammering a hammer into a hammer into a hammer, but I feel good enough about this to make it the trend of the week, especially with our new spotter agreement on Minnesota. But I do, I do, I do agree. With, I do agree with your point on Minnesota missing the offensive lineman. I agree with uh, the passers from Dallas. However, Dallas's run defense has become a problem over the season, and that generally does become a problem when you don't have any linebackers that can attack the run. And as great as Michael Parsons is, he sucks against the run, unless you're running right at him or if he can run it down. He sucks as a middle linebacker, which is why we all laughed at them for taking him as a middle linebacker. Now he is, you know, one of the best pass rushers in the league, no doubt about it. And I have no doubt he's going to fucking one or two sacks. But he's also been hurt since about, what, week four. His, I don't know, if you pull his PFF grade up, I know it had dropped precipitously. He was like the highest fucking rated player in the first three weeks, and he's not been that since. He was the odds-on favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously not that anymore. Everything's going down with him. He called out his He's still the favorite. He's still still the favorite? favorite? How? Yeah, because... Because who else would, like, just think in your head without pulling up the line. Who else Fucking is the defensive Judon. player of the year right now? Judon. Judon. Yeah, and, and he, was on a bi- he was on a bye last week, and he was the closest one behind him. Um, but, yeah, the it's Parsons still. Parsons didn't do uh, anything last week. He didn't do anything. He he looked like shit against the Packers. He didn't he didn't rush the pass. Yeah. He he got blown the fuck out by blocks. He got ran by, ran over, ran all. Like, they, they cannot, cannot, cannot defend the run. But I will say this. <laughs> They couldn't defend the run against Green Bay, and they were up by 14 goddamn points in the fourth quarter. So that really didn't fucking matter. However, what does matter is this. Let me pull this up real quick, so give me just a second. And I made this point to our good buddy, RJ Choppy, uh, from 105.3 The Fan. Old Chop. So Dak Prescott against Green Bay on Sunday went 4 for 12 for 49 yards and two interceptions on third and fourth down. Dak Prescott has completed an NFL low 43.3% of his passes on third and fourth down with one touchdown and three interceptions on the season. No quarterback has posted a completion percentage that low on those downs since Tim fucking Tebow in 2011 at 42.5%. Dak Prescott is the Cowboys' problem. He 100% is the Cowboys' problem. And if they can't get that runner game as Cowboys, but they did get it against anybody. They did get the running game themselves. They scored 28 fucking points. They turned the ball up. They did all the things they normally do, but it came down to nut-cutting time, and then they had the ball to go win the game with two minutes. Couldn't do it. They got the ball in overtime first. Couldn't do shit with it. And they got fucking... They lost for the first time in franchise history. I think they were 149-0, leading by 14 points in the fourth quarter. And again, this is Dak against non-division opponents. I got one more thing on that. Quickly... I've told you many, many times how dominant Dak is in division. He's the most dominant quarterback I've ever. He's more dominant than Brady, more dominant than any quarterback I've ever, ever, ever seen against NFC East opponents. But against non 
division opponents, twenty. And these, I need to update these numbers, but twenty-seven and thirty-four coming into this year ATS, and he's not been good this year against non-division opponents again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Minnesota here. All right. All right, moving on. Those Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Not this year. Plus four and a half at home. Versus those Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, sorry. I'm having a hard time um, with this game, basically, because this should be an autoplay for Pittsburgh for me. At home, as a dog, Tomlin. This is a sweet spot for him. You got TJ Watt came back and... You know, look, th- this team is just different when T.J. Watt is out there playing defense. Uh, Motherfuckers but it just, it just doesn't feel right, though. Like, I should feel great about this spot. I should feel great about putting in tennis or uh, Pittsburgh with that number at home, but I don't. I don't feel great about it. Uh, since he's coming off a bye, they need to keep winning to keep pace with that division and the playoff hunt. And it just feels wrong. It just feels dirty. I don't. I don't have that good feeling, that warm, fuzzy home dog feeling <laughs> that I should have. <laughs> I just don't. So, and you got the fact that Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's coming off a win at home. They got a little bit of house money there, and they're they're not a good team this year. They they've got no postseason aspirations, like I just said. Since he does, so I, I'm going to lean to Pittsburgh and those points at home. But again, it just there's something just feels wrong. Um, so, you know, it's not something I'm rushing to bet, but if on a force lean, I would take the points at home for Pittsburgh. Yep. Yeah, uh, so, Cincy, away favorite after the buy. That is a sub-500 uh, proposition, so you're on the bad side of the coin flip on that. It is about a coin flip. You're on the bad side of it. Uh, numbers agree on Pittsburgh on this one. Cincinnati, however, is in our new spot and they're three and one in that spot but so basically the numbers outweigh everything in that and then Cincinnati being after the buy maybe go 50 50 with a new spot something like that Tomlin as a home dog since 2010 17 three and two now ATS so the dude is fucking money Again, dogs four or more this year, 48 and 23. Again, four and one last week. That has been a money spot this year. And boys and girls, trends do kind of go year by year. We were giving you the uh, trend to start the year. Teams didn't cover versus teams that did cover 62, 35, and one last year. This year so far, 25 and 28. So a little bit sub 500, one and one last week. So. That trend obviously is not carried over year to year. However, we'll keep tracking that because that's something that's always going to continue to come up. And things move in cycles. And this year, the cycle is four point more, uh, four points or more dogs are fucking money. Now, one more trend on this one: Week 11 and on, 2015 and on, home dogs between three and a half to five in division. Losing team versus a winning team, five and two ATS. And then uh, by 1.64 ATS margin. Now, Cincy is number 10 in DVOA. Pittsburgh is number 23 in DVOA. So, obviously, you're right. Pittsburgh is not a very good team. They're one of the teams we bet the under on for season totals. We're going to win that. I don't see them winning this game. 
I see this as a very classic backdoor burrow type game, just like he beat them in the first matchup. I think that's where we're looking at here because here's the thing, boys and girls. When Joe Burrow's under pressure, he's not a very good quarterback. Um, you can say that, well, no quarterback's very good under pressure. True, they're not at well. Here's the, they're not at their best under pressure. No quarterback's like, oh yeah, blitz fucking seven. I'm my best at that. No, but some do still get closer to their mean than others, and Burrow is not one of those. He drops off very precipitously when he is under pressure. And again, you said T.J. Watt, who is the best. Uh, Parsons is coming, but T.J. Watt is still the reigning best pass rusher in the NFL. As soon as he steps back on the field, that is injecting Lawrence Taylor, injecting fucking Bruce Smith, injecting fucking Reggie White. That is injecting a Hall of Fame pass rusher back in your defense. That makes everybody's job easier. You got to pay more attention to him, which makes other people get more pressure. It gets your secondary half a second. I mean, just half a second to cover better, which is everything in the NFL. Everything gets better. When that dude fucking comes back, you saw it last week, you're going to continue to see it. He's going to continue to get stronger. I, I don't like Cincy here at all. Uh, I love Pittsburgh here, actually. So, right. yeah, give me give me, the, give me the four. Give me the four and a half. I see it in a couple of books at. But four, three and a half, I guess it's consensus. I think it's four. It's four in the Super Contest. Yeah, I love Pittsburgh here. All right. All right, moving on. Those Kansas City Chiefs now, boys and girls. And here's the smart thing. They're now the odds-on favorite for your Super Bowl champion. And what do we tell y'all every year in our preseason podcast? Do not bet. Do not seek the treasure. Do not bet the odds-on favorite in the preseason. Because they're going to drop. Something's going to happen. Buffalo's going to lose a couple of games. Something something is going to happen, right? Bet somebody a little bit back, but you still know has a real good chance. Like Kansas City. I think they were third or fourth entering the season. Now they're number one. So if you bet them, even, even if you got them at seven, eight, you know, 750, 800, whatever you got them at, you can't get that no more. And you're not going to get it the rest of the season. They're going to be right up there. I don't know what they are currently, but probably, I'd, I'd guess, around 350, 400, Something like that. They're going to be right around there for the rest of the year. So, just side note on that. Anyway, five and a half point road favorite at your Los Angeles Chargers. Five and a half. That's uh that's a, that must, that means Keenan Allen's playing for sure. Um, so, look, if Keenan Allen plays, this, this is the whole handicap for me because with the weapons, I mean... I think this team, I think the Chargers match up decently with the Chiefs. It's a division, you know, it's a division matchup with at least Allen. He's not going to have Mike Williams, obviously, but with one, a chain mover in there like that. I, I Yeah, give, give me those points. I think it's a backdoor uh, dream right there situation. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't really have anything on this. You know, it's, 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 it's just a division game where Kansas City doesn't. We've seen Kansas City does not like to blow out teams. Um, if if Jacksonville, you know, kind of makes a couple kicks, Kansas City would have been perfectly fucking fine just winning that game by three points. They don't fucking care. And the same thing here. If they just get out of the out of L.A. with a win, they don't care. 
They just don't care about margin because they know they're Super Bowl contenders, so they're not going to you know waste their time trying to gain margin on a fucking team. That's just not what they do. Um, so you know, I'll I'll lean to Chargers and and that dead ass number of five and a half. But if I got Keenan Allen, then I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm really torn on this one. Um, the numbers are split now. Our power rankings and the spot have the Chargers six and one on ATS right here. Dogs of four plus points again. Huge fucking winners so far. If you just take them all, you're fucking crushing. So they got all that going for them. However, if you look back with the first game in Kansas City, Kansas City was what minus three, three and a half, something like that. Closed it for you. Yeah, and now they're five and a half on the road. And think, well, that's a big flip. That's too much of an adjustment. That's this, that's that. Well, Kansas City's fifth in DVOA, and the Chargers are 24. They're a bad football team. They're a bad football team with a young quarterback who's capable of great things, but shrinks in big moments. He's done it ever since he was at Oregon. He's always done it. Now, he came up huge in the game in Kansas City in a big moment and almost won them that football game. They probably they should have won that football game. But these two teams have went in different directions since then. So that's got me torn on that, even though I love the points here with the Chargers and the dog trend. Again, that's huge. But the, just the disparity between these two teams and in this trend – which this was shocking to me. So home dogs between five and seven and a half in division all time. Two winning teams. Over fifty versus over fifty. So both teams winning. Four and ten ATS with a negative five point three six ATS margin. One and thirteen straight up. One and mm. thirteen. So is that good? It's not good. It's not bigly. It's not not Robert. bigly at all. Definitely not uh, bigly. So that's what's really got me torn on it. Uh, I mean, our new spot's been really good to us. So I, I don't disagree with you on the Chargers at all. I'm just really, really torn in this game. And this line, I mean, you first look, it's like, you're fucking kidding me. You're giving me Justin Herbert at home with five and a half. Yeah, give it to him. But then you look, dig into the team. They're, they're just a bad football team, man. And, and again, I, I've made this point, and you've made this point. I don't think they're well-coached, dude. I don't think they're well-coached. I think their coach is over his fucking skis. Last year, yeah, he went I don't for like every fucking fourth down. This year, he won't go for a fourth down. I, he's totally abandoned whatever philosophy he thought that he had. I, I, I don't know, man. They're going to look a lot better with Sean Payton on that sideline next year. For sure, for sure. That does not. That don't put the Trisket in my mouth right now, fucking Carl. Okay, it does no, not put no, the Trisket in my no mouth. No Trisket right now. in your biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. Know, I to me, personally, for me, this is a stay away game. If I had to bet it, of course, I'm gonna take. You, you give me Justin Herbert five points. I'm taking it. You know, I could easily regret it or whatever. This trend's this trend is telling me all the time. I am definitely going to fucking regret it. Or at least forty percent of the time, I'm fucking gonna regret it. But man, uh, and the only the only thing that's really killing me over this trend is five to seven and a half points, and it's a negative five point three six margin, and the one and three straight. Like 
You're not just losing these games. You're getting your fucking ass whipped. So, again, to explain to everybody, what the ATS margin is, is from five to seven and a half points, you're losing by more than whatever. And that's an average of that. So the average line, I think, was like 6.3. So basically, you're losing by 12 points in this game, historically, through 14 matchups. That that fucking, that throws them. That because that's telling me that the, that the, that the favorite's going to kick the shit out of them, and then four times out of fourteen, the dog comes back and fucking backdoors. Basically, is what you're telling me because it's one in thirteen straight up. Because you're not you're not winning the game, so you're you're, you're basically preying on a burr or a, a, a Herbert backdoors. What you're preying on, which could easily happen if Kansas City's up. Because like you said, they don't give a fuck about margin. They just want to win and get out. So. Again, your handicap was great. It goes along with everything, but this this trend is like, fuck. I mean, now 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 I have to prey on a back door from a team that they're not eliminated. I mean, they still have playoff aspirations. They're gonna play hard, but to get a back door, like how motivated would they be to get a back door cover? You know what I'm saying? Like that that's what throws me. Yeah, they're they're five and. They're going to be motivated to win the game, but if the game's out of the balance, and with all the injuries they've had, I mean, now their backup fucking left tackle's out. Herbert's still not 100%. If we're being honest, he's not 100%. I don't like to kill the kid when he's down. He hasn't been playing well, but he's obviously not 100%. If, if, they, if this game gets out of balance, I mean, do they really go for the back door? Do they really leave him in, or do they just say, fuck it? And move on to the next week. I don't know. Generally, not how the NFL works. It's not college, nah, so probably not going to happen. But just saying. Nah. All right, moving on to the Monday night. Monday night football. And if this wasn't Monday night, whoo, this could be the Hello Corner TV game. And so San Francisco, fuck you guys. 49ers minus eight and a half at the fighting, well, fighting Colt McCoys, I guess. Yeah, the fighting Colt McCoys in uh, Mexico City, of course. And it's so good day, mate, to all of our friends in Mexico uh, down there. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is a um, nobody's gonna nobody wants to to bet Arizona here. Nobody. Nobody wants to bet Arizona. Nobody wants Nobody. to bet Arizona. Nobody. <laughs> so, so, guess who's going to be on them? Me. I'm taking them. I'll take Arizona in all those points. Uh, Hollywood Brown might be back. And like you said, Colt McCoy is probably going to be in. Fine. I'm fine with that. Give me, give me Colt McCoy and Hollywood Brown and Hopkins uh, in against a AJ team that Green everybody... Green caught a touchdown. Yeah. And it, well, I mean, I wouldn't expect any more from him. He's going to go dormant for the next six weeks now. But um, yeah, does everybody want San Fran? Obviously, San Fran is a way better team. It doesn't fucking matter. You're getting eight points. It's the NFL. You're in a foreign country. Yeah, gimme, gimme, gimme. It's no brainer for me. If you want to tease down San Fran, I'm cool with that. Eight points. Give me Arizona. All right, well, I got some conflicting stuff on this game. The numbers are split on this. San Fran is a coin flip on the new spot on this one. Uh, the line went from five to eight and a half. 
I, I mean, I I can't see that that was of. I mean, what what other injuries does Arizona have? Because Kyler didn't play last week and they won, and San Francisco didn't cover. Ertz, Ertz is out. Okay, well that's not three and a half points. And to no. me, I mean, I personally I just think it's too big of a mark because. I mean, honestly, their offense sucked with Kyler in it. Like, they were scoring 16 points a game. So, it's not like he was burning it up. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Colt McCoy is Colt McCoy. Whatever. And he, he is who he is. He's not spe- He's a journeyman fucking backer. Who gives a fuck? But you can't tell me he was that big of a downgrade from the way Kyler... Now, in a vacuum, yes, he's a big downgrade from Kyler Murray. But in, from the way Kyler was playing in this offense this year, he is not... That big a downgrade, so I don't understand what this line move is. Now, if you want to say that you know maybe, maybe the quit factor, that's fair enough. But I mean, they just went out and won a game. They just went out and won a game on the road with a backup quarterback. So I, I can't even get really get down with that. Now Arizona is on our trend home dog after. Well, they're not. Well, sorry, they're not. Not on that trend. They're not um, home. Not at home, so yeah, man. I I don't know. I I mean, I don't, I'm not gonna play it. It's just it's you know on a forced lean. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, ha- you have you have to take lot. the fucking point. Yeah, Colt Colt is not gonna make a lot of plays that he's not supposed to make, but he's also not gonna turn the ball over. He is a veteran, and we saw what San Francisco did last week to a wounded Chargers team. As any the Chargers took the lead early. But as the game progressed, the Chargers got more injured, and it was very apparent to San Francisco that they were not going to be able to score touchdowns on them, and they couldn't stop them from running. So what did Shanahan do? He just ran, 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 ran. He said, fuck you, Jimmy G, and your jawline, you handsome bastard. You're not going to fuck this game up for me. We're just going to run the fucking <laughs> ball. We're going to win by fucking six. We're not going to cover because we're dickheads. And... That's probably what they do here. They're probably just going to fucking play. I mean, Shanahan, is he comes from his dad. That is a low, low, low-variance fucking coaching tree, period. If you look at fucking McVay, if you look at Shanahan, if you look at everybody that's come out of that fucking coaching tree, they do not really get margin. That is a low-variance coaching staff. They win games. They win way more than they fucking lose. They're not great fucking cover teams. They just they just don't do it. Now, if you fuck up and you go out and throw interceptions and they get sacked fumbles, yeah, that's how they get their fucking big wins. That's how they fucking cover. Other than that, they're going to come out and do what they do. They're going to hit you in the fucking mouth. They're going to run the ball up your ass, but they absolutely are going to do to Arizona. Arizona has, has zero chance of stopping them on offense. Zero chance. So, and Colt McCoy is not going to put up a lot of points, but again, how many, like, Shanahan's not going to pull any tricks out of the bag. He's not going to do any of that bullshit. they got to travel to fucking Mexico. So, yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's Arizona or pass. So I'm with you. Mexico. Viva la Mexico. All right, boys and girls, that was all. The wind's coming to the air tonight, baby. <laughs> Waiting for a time for those free SF picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. All right, I've got a question for you. What is 
the number I can get for New England here, buddy, before I put an official pick out. What's my... Can I get a three? Can I call a three? Let me scroll, scroll, scroll. Or do scroll. I have to... Do I got to lay at the three and a half? You can get a three at BetMGM, Caesar Sportbook, Winbook, and Points Bet. So yeah, yes, sir, you can plenty. get the three. That's plenty. And I'm showing three on my screen right now. So the free pick, New England Patriots, minus three at home against those Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets are going to lose. Well, you know, I don't fucking hate that. All right. So the college free pick of the week. It's going to be UMass, the Minutemen, plus 33 and a half. Now, the handicap on this game is very simple. UMass is the worst team in all of college football. So why wouldn't we bet on them? In all seriousness, we did bet on them last week, and it worked out. But the real handicap on this game is the Aggies' offense fucking sucks. 77th in EPA in the country. And they're laying 33 and a half. They haven't scored more then 31 points, Longhorn, in one goddamn game all year. So let's just say they win 33 to nothing, and we all cover. And bonus, <laughs> best yeah. bet in college, pizza, money, parlay. Oh, we got so fucking close to that 56-1. We were one away, one away last week. So this week, mm-hmm. we're going to go with a two-game. Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby, plus 248 on the money line. Middle Tennessee, Plus 195 on the money line. That is a two-game parlay to pay you nine and a half to fucking one. That is fucking rolling, baby. Yeah. Hey, the Minutemen, uh, you know, I've been called the Minuteman before in my life. It's not always a bad thing. <laughs> but you have covered 33 and a half seconds. That's all I'm saying. All right, yeah, Longhorn, tell me the fabulous website one more time. You cover 33 and a half seconds. That's fucking easy. 38? Ah, you're pushing it. You're pushing it. All right, you glory hole seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you to- for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and get some five-star rating so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website on our podcast, and also on our social media platforms, which you can find us at the Revolution Network so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those free picks or those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life in both CBIS as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up. Tell a friend. And join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Stephen Talent, take us out, baby!